the message and mission of your podcast is just so much in alignment with my work because I really believe that emotional eating is a symptom that we have a need and it's not being yeah. acknowledged or even inquired with. And, um, you know, kind of when we peel back the layers of what's really going on underneath the emotional eating, there's a lot of like patterns of self-sacrifice and self-sabotage and I'm not worthy and I'm not enough and just yeah a lot of stuff. So I feel like we have uh, kindred spirits around this topic. Have you ever experienced something so crippling in your life that has made you feel broken? I have. Are you someone who has a giving heart but is struggling to feel good themselves? Are you consistently putting your needs aside to take care of everyone else? If so, you're not alone. Giving starts with giving to yourself so that you are able to give of yourself to other people. Isn't it time you took back control and discovered what makes you tick? Join me in my journey and find out how you can feel better about yourself, live your best life and share that with others. Thinking of yourself, it doesn't make you selfish. It makes you brave. I'm Nelia, and this is the Giving Starts With You podcast. If you're ready to expose and target the areas of your life that are not getting you closer to living your best life, then I have created just the thing to help you. I've created a Live Your Best Life blueprint. It's a free download that you can now get at www dot travel live give dot com slash blueprint slash this blueprint will look at seven key areas of your life from how you manage your mental health to how you show up in your relationships from self-care to job satisfaction and how and what you choose to spend your free time on so that you can start living the life you deserve desire and crave because after all it's time to start feeling better and create a life that makes you proud and be one massive step closer to the life you want to live. Life is way too short not to live your best life. So what are you waiting for? Go to www.travellivegive.com slash blueprint. Now let's tune into the episode. Hi everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Giving Starts With You podcast. I'm your host, Nelia Hutt, and the podcast is brought to you by Travel Live Give. Today, I am so excited for this topic and to welcome my new friend, Jessica Procini. How are you, Jessica? Good. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Um, I know how busy you are and how much you're helping everybody in the world. So the fact that you've decided to come on here is amazing. Thank you. Um, you know, today we're going to be talking about something that's very, very important. And I want to let people know a little bit about who you are. Now, Jessica Procini is on a mission. She is on a mission, girl, to help you to help high achieving women heal the roots of their emotional eating. When Overeaters Anonymous and therapy weren't enough to help her end her fight with food, she spent 10 years in research before developing her signature healing framework escape from emotional eating, which has helped women reclaim their power over food. Now that she's been 100% free 
from her compulsions with food. <laughs> For over five years, Jessica helps female entrepreneurs and executives do the same at escapefromemotionaleating.com. You know, Jessica, this is amazing. And I, it's such an important topic, you know. Um, underneath destructive behaviors or addictions, sometimes there's always an underlining cause, but it can be extremely difficult to figure out who that is on your own. So I'm so happy that you're here because you're going to help guide us through these things. You know, no one decides to wake up in the morning and say, oh, I'm going to become an emotional eater or I'm going to become a drug addict or I'm, you know, nobody decides that they want to do that. Right. And so it's, um, but so many of us choose this unhealthy way. And so thank you for coming here and for, you know, and just sharing your story with us and, and bringing a light to this. I think some of these conversations just need to be talked about more and more. So welcome yeah. to the show. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you're, you're so right that there's so much underneath the surface and it can be really difficult to navigate in isolation or in an uninformed place with limited skill sets or tools to be able to navigate it. Mm -hmm. And I have to say, it's the difficult things that people encounter on their own that I absolutely love doing with my clients. Um, so I guess you could say I'm doing the right work because I really, really love it. We were just talking about that before we hit record and I was saying how much I respect people who come here who have had experience with what it is they are now an expert in because I know that they really care about it and they're passionate about it and they want their clients to see results. You know, it's not just about, oh, I need to work and make money. It has nothing to do with that. It's about how can I connect with people and make them feel like the best that they can feel now in their journey from where they came from. Right. So, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and just how you got into this line of work so we can get to know you a little bit better? Yeah, so my journey is um, pretty long and I know we don't have that much time together. So I think I'll just pick up with the story on like once I got over the shock that I was an emotional eater because that was a whole mm that's a whole book in itself to just understanding that I was an emotional eater. And it really came first as a shock because I didn't fit the typical stereotype. I didn't have hundreds of pounds to lose. Mm. Probably looking at me from the outside, someone would never assume that I had issues with food in the same way they would look at me now and be like, oh, what is she, you know, like, what does she know about emotional eating? Um, because I don't look like an emotional eater or look mm. like how someone would stereotypically think of an emotional eater. And when I finally discovered that I was an emotional eater, I had already binged my way through nutrition school. I'd gone all the way through nutrition school and never once was able to self-identify and say, I'm an emotional eater. These are the issues that I'm having mm -hmm. with food. It was like completely avoided in nutrition school, which was mind-boggling in a separate conversation. So it wasn't even on your radar. Like it wasn't something you even, okay. No, no. It was like, that's for 
people over there and that's not mm -hmm. what I have. Um, and then I had spent years and years and years and years in therapy. And even though I would try to talk about, you know, kind of how crazy or chaotic I felt with food, I just felt like it never made the connection between what my mind and body was doing and what was going on with food. So it felt like there was like something missing. So all that to say, when I finally realized, okay, I am an emotional eater, that's when I really got to work looking for support because I was like, I don't, I don't want to live with this. Like this is, mm. this is painful. It's uncomfortable. It's this shameful secret that I had been carrying for a long time in my life. And I was like, I, I, I want to be done with this. And I remember really searching high and low for help. Um, and I knew I couldn't just work with anyone because I was different. I knew it wasn't just about eating healthy and working out more because I was already certified in nutrition. I was already doing that. Um, I already had this very robust, uh, like information background just based on my certification and expertise. Um, and I just became so frustrated that a lot of the options I was looking for either were like Overeaters Anonymous or an eating disorder clinic. And I felt like those were two extremes that I didn't fit into. Um, Overeaters Anonymous, I didn't really identify with food as an addiction, even though now when I look at what I was doing, it was definitely an addictive compulsive pattern. But something about, hi, my name is Jessica Prosini and I'm an overeater. There was something disempowering in that statement that didn't bring me to a place of like, this is a place for me to go or a resource to help. Yeah. And I knew that my issues weren't as extreme yet to go to something so clinical as like a clinic. Um, so I just really started to feel like something is wrong with me. There's nowhere to go. There's nothing out there for me. Am I meant to live with this for the rest of my life? Like, is this just going to get worse as I get older? Is there really no way out? And I remember really seriously considering that fork in the road, no pun intended, but it was literally like, I can choose to accept this and just resign and just be like, screw it. This is my life and I'll have this forever. Or I can refuse to settle. And even though I don't know what that looks like and I really have no idea what to do, I really felt like those were my two options. I can just throw my hands up and do nothing, or I can refuse to settle and just take it moment by moment and kind of like spend my life essentially trying to figure this out. And at that point, I really weighed both options. And there was this part of me internally that was like, 
it doesn't have to be this way. Like you don't have to, to settle. You don't have to give up. You don't have to just carry this the rest of your life. In fact, like you're, you're meant to truly heal this. So from that inner knowing is where I really dedicated myself to investigating and just first trying to figure out a way to heal myself. And then when I started to be able to put some pieces together and identify patterns and just really use my life for myself and, and also with my clients at the time as research, started to see like, wait, I'm really onto something here. And then once I found that freedom and could really draw a line in the sand, mm -hmm. I started to share more about what I had experienced and what I had discovered in my research. Um, and that's where I started to see such an acceleration with my clients to the point where I could really put my stake in the ground and be like, we are escape from emotional eating and this is what we do. Mm. And we are here to end a fight with food. So that was a long winded story, but it has been a, a no, it's great. Long. It gives us an idea. Yes. No, thank you. There's so many things that you said. So I do appreciate you saying, look, it's a long story. We're going to start. I'm not going to start at how I figured out that I have an issue, right? Cause mm -hmm. that in itself is huge. Uh, it takes us a long time to figure out things like that in our own lives. Um, and, you know, the fact that you touched on um, the stereotypes, so somebody looking at you and somebody looking at me, who's a lot heavier, for example, may assume I have an overeating problem um, or an addiction with food or unhealthy food habits or anything like that because of my weight. So thank you for bringing that up because um, I'm so tired of people judging based on what they see. I I really am. Um, there's so many stories on this podcast by different people coming on. And I'm just like, it's just judgment after judgment after judgment. And if you don't love yourself in a way that's powerful, that can really break you. And, mm -hmm. you know, I just want people to stop doing that, first of all, because you just don't know. It's like those people that park in the disability and people are automatically judging. They're not limping. They're not doing, they're not in a wheelchair. Right. You just don't know. There are so many other things associated right. with that. So thank you, you know, for, for mentioning that, first of all, and for sharing your story. Um, I know it's not always, um, now, because of your journey, I'm sure that it's it doesn't feel the same way as perhaps a long time ago sharing your story. I know that it's like that for me. Um, when we're in everything, it is tougher to share our story. But now that we're on the other side, we know that sharing our story is going to help other people. So thank you for doing that. Yeah. I appreciate that very much. Um yeah. So can I just ask you if it's okay and you don't have to answer, but what would, can you give us like an idea of what a typical day would be for you before you had help, before you figured That's out all the things? Yeah. yeah. So I'm assuming that we want to be highlighting like what my day looked like and what is emotional what did emotional eating look like then mm -hmm. and 
you know, it's really interesting. First, I have to like really wrap my head around it because it's been, it's been a minute. Um, but I rem I'll tell you like vignettes of what I can still remember. So I remember waking up in the morning and immediately feeling just almost like this sense of go, go, go energy, mm. like where almost like my body was like, oh, I just really want to like come out of sleep. And my mind was already like, go, go, go. You're behind. There's more to do. Like just already starting to rev. So I would say it's so nuanced and a lot of, a lot of emotional eating really is. Um, but for me, what I'm sharing here is that from the moment that I opened my eyes in the morning, my mind and my body were doing two totally different things. Mm -hmm. And that stayed with me through the entire day and only got exacerbated as time went on. Okay. Then I remember um, feeling like I had to, I had to work out. So back then I would wake up at 5.30 in the morning and I would go take a very intense workout class because that was a major way that I would try to like cover up or try to erase what I had overeaten the day before. So even if I was tired or despite anything that my body was telling me, I would push myself to go, mm -hmm. which I really learned a lot about and how unhealthy that pattern was. And for a lot of my clients, they are engaged in similar patterns of over-exercising or compulsive exercising. Mm -hmm. um, so once I would come home from that exercise, that go, 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 do, 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 like it was like I could never really rest or rejuvenate. So then what that led me to was eating breakfast and I would basically, I would basically eat for like one and a half person. So I had no concept of when I was satiated or what I, you know, like I just, it wasn't even an option to leave mm -hmm. food on my plate. If I was full, it was just whatever I prepare, I eat the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, just complete disconnect and disassociation from my body. Um, and for a long, long time, I felt hungry all the time. So no matter how much I ate or, or anything like that, I just always felt hungry, even if I literally just eaten. So that kind of internal feeling again would haunt me throughout the day. And then as I would go off to work and kind of at the time I was working in fashion and the corporate world. So um, it was always like I was working, but in the back of my mind, I was thinking about when am I going to eat again? What am I going to eat? How much am I going to eat? It was like always, it was such a distraction. Um, and then what I would end up doing is I would end up just working for nine, 10 hours without taking a break. So I was often multitasking, um, not pay 
paying attention to my body or what I was eating, often feeling like who ate all my food and what, you know, like what mm. happened, just not even really realizing what I was putting into my I'm body. I'm guilty of or, that too. <laughs> yeah. I bet I was mindless eating. eating. Yeah. Um, and then as soon as I would get home and as soon as I would walk in the door, even before I would take my coat off, I would go right to the pantry and I would stand in my kitchen and I used to have these um, like dark chocolate covered guava bites. I don't know, it was something like Whole Foods had back in the day. And I would stand in my kitchen and eat two and a half containers of them until I kind of like woke up enough from a food trance being like, okay, I need to make dinner. Mm. Even though I'm not hungry, I have to make dinner. So I'd make dinner mm -hmm. even though I wasn't hungry um, and kind of just go to bed feeling guilty, bloated, shameful, and then just do it all over the next day and 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 the next day. Mm -hmm. Thank you for, for sharing that for some people who maybe are trying to put themselves, you know, it's not about being, you know, overeater versus under, you know, versus not healthy eating. It's like, it could be anything. And mm -hmm. just, just to see what a typical day I think is very helpful for people. Like, so for me, I'm an emotional eater and, but I overeat, but I don't eat the right foods and I don't eat at the right times. And food is comforting to me, but then I think, well, why do I need to be comforted? Right. So there's all of these things. Um, I hear, and I don't know, cause I'm not an expert like you, but I hear it's partly control as well. You feel like there's something in your day that is yours to choose. Um, even though, you know, it may not be the best thing that you're doing for yourself. So how does one like, so when a client comes to you and they're aware that they have this issue. Um, and how do you even begin to work with them? Because do you begin with, like, I know you need to uncover why they're using this as a coping mechanism. Um, and that's hard to do. It's hard to get people to look at that because like you said, it can be shameful. It's scary. Um, the reason why people are doing certain things is because they're trying to hide the real reason. So how do you get people to talk about that? Well, um, it's such a great question because the people that I work with, number one, have to kind of already be in this place of, okay, this is what's going on. And also kind of in a place of, I've really tried to okay. handle this on my own and like, I'm recognizing that I, that I need help. Okay. Um, and for the women that I work with, they are, they are women who strive for excellence. So coming and saying, Hey, I need help. And Hey, I need help in this arena that feels so shameful and so embarrassing. And like, I should have figured this out already. It takes a high level of courage. So the first thing that I want to say is that not everyone is willing to do it and that's okay. But what I 
what was a major part of my story and is also a major part of the women that I work with is like, in spite of the shame and the embarrassment and the like, I don't knows and the what ifs and all the busyness that we have in our lives, there is this kind of underlying sense of like, I can't keep doing this. Right. Like there will be a day, like a reckoning. And it's like, do I really want to take that risk? Mm. And that was what I was really, um, really wrestling with um, in my journey, as I talked about, like the fork in the road of like, I don't want to find out what life is like if I just give up and just like accept this but accept it from a place of like resignation rather than accepting it as a challenge, if that makes sense. Mm, yeah, I love that. So this, then once people are, you know, here and we're exploring, you know, if working together would be a fantastic fit, you know, I think really my curiosity helps open doors that, a lot of people wouldn't be either willing to walk through on their own or even know that the door is there. Um, and I think that's really the power of support is like, you don't know what you don't know yes. until someone points it out to you. Um, and that really is my role in the beginning as uh, to start to connect some dots for people. Um, and then from there, like once we are working together, our journey doesn't even really begin manipulating food mm. because it's such a coping mechanism that it's kind of like if you um, if you have a child and their coping mechanism is like their blanket. If you try to take the blanket from the child, they're gonna freak out. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's like you're gonna endure a fight and eventually there will come a time where it's like we need to get rid of the blanket but there's a time where the blanket is is serving right and that's what food really is and the beginning of our journey together is like we need to keep food where it is so we can actually get underneath the surface mm -hmm. um without putting this pressure on of like here's this change and this is coming so in my work with my clients, the first step that we take together is actually called building emotional fitness. So this is about learning how to shift out of that go, 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 fight, flight, freeze state, that hypervigilance to learn how to not only how, but like where the switch is, mm. flip it on and flip it off. Because a lot of people feel like, they can't, they just, they have to always be going, always be doing, always never enough. Um, so in my work in that first step, it's really about teaching them tools, things like the fear flush and digesting emotions so they can start to get in touch with their internal world and especially like parts of themselves that they have been avoiding by default um, so that it's not like food is the only option. They're starting to recognize 
wait a second, there's food and then there's this and then there's this and then there's this. So it gives them agency, gives them choices. Mm -hmm. um, and then from there, once we have like emotional literacy, emotional resilience, um, emotional like intelligence and things along those roads, then we can start to weave in and we start to untangle physical hunger from emotional hunger and mm. learning the deeper depths of the language of the body and how to listen to your body and what does your body say? How does your mind talk to you? Because that's a whole other language. <laughs> um, yeah. So then, and that those are just really the foundational pieces before we even start to access the deeper roots that keep the system kind of locked in place. Yeah, I love that. Thank you. And I, I can see how that system works because if you're going to take away all the stuff that right off the top that makes them comfortable, they're going to run. Right. Like with any, it's like with anything that we do, you know, we need to do it in small steps. And then you feel like you're actually moving forward. And I'm sure that you share part of your story with them. So they know, hey, you've been there, you know. Yeah. And you're not alone in this because I think that's important to have a space, safe space. And just in talking with you today and getting to know you a little bit, you can tell that you're genuine, you care about this, you're easy to talk to, you know, you're very approachable. So I think that helps too. And especially when there's a topic like this that can be very difficult. I mean, if, let's face it, if people knew how to get out of it, they would have. And these are people who, you know, like in all yeah. simplicity, right? We don't know. And that's why we need help. And uh, who better to help than somebody who's been there and is now on the other side? And we all need to feel better and learn to love each other, love ourselves, so yeah. that we want to do make that decision, make that choice. Yeah. yeah. And I think you know what you were sharing earlier about your relationship with food, and like I don't eat the right things, or I don't eat at the right times, and like my inner flags go off of like well what's what's right right like who are you listening to because so much there's so much food crap in our culture so and much information society. like someone will tell you always eat breakfast then someone else will tell you skip breakfast don't eat till two o'clock in the afternoon and then other people are like always eat everything before two o'clock in the afternoon it's just like oh my gosh like what do we do with all of this food confusion it's true and you know it's funny because I don't like to hide things on the show about myself I'm very honest with people that are listening because you know I'm human right just like everybody else but you know I had I think it was a couple years ago I had this, you know, sitting here, like, you know, eating <laughs> and I like eat big meals. I don't really snack. So I'm here eating and I didn't realize I had just finished my meal and, you know, I'm like, well, where did it go? But um, I could honestly tell you, and I probably couldn't tell you two years ago because I would be shameful, but I could honestly mm -hmm. tell you today that I think for about a year, I didn't feel hungry once. Mm -hmm. yeah like you know you hear people say oh I'm starving I'm so hungry and I'm like I don't remember what it's like to feel hungry because I'm always eating right and when I realized that I was like okay what am I doing you know like 
how did this happen? And so I kind of started waiting to feel hungry. And then I kind of went back and forth. But it was this revelation of, it just kind of hit me, you know what I mean? And then at that time, I was like, upset with myself. But then there comes a point where you need to make the choice. You need to make the decision. And once you make the decision, there are people like Jessica, who are here to help you, who care about you feeling better. Um, I mean, how has your life looked different now, Jessica, from before and after? Like, what can people look forward to once they have this under control? Yeah, actually, before I answer that question, I want to like circle back and finish this conversation about feeling hungry and there's so much being so much food confusion and like what's quote quote unquote considered right and what is considered right is what is truly aligned with us like with the own individual like between you and you like you and yourself so for example like in working with my clients it's really about instead of looking outside and trying to like measure or like fit into these certain guidelines I really believe that our bodies are such a wellspring of wisdom Mm. but there really is a language barrier and a culture barrier even in that our culture really glorifies looking outside of ourselves for answers And I really believe that's why so many of us are so sick and so unhappy and so exhausted because there's no way that we can figure it out by looking outside of ourselves. We have to be willing to look within. And that's really at the core of my work. And what we start from the beginning is really looking at the inside and and what it like, what does hunger feel like for you and what does satiation feel like because Mm -hmm. those are important languages of your body in the same way that like what does tired mean to you and what does exhaustion feel like these are all really valuable things that we just override or we ignore until Mm -hmm. we get ourselves into really difficult situations so Mm -hmm. is my piece on that of like we have to look within and stop judging ourselves of what we've done right or what we've done wrong it's like well according to who like what rule book are you following because I really believe the rule book we want to be following is the rule book that we set Mm. and that we like create with ourselves because that's what creates integrity Mm. yes that's beautiful and it's almost like 20 percent of this conversation is actually about food Right. It's actually 80%. Yeah. And 80% of it is about all the stuff that's leading us to this, you know? And I think that's important to realize with any real problem, right? And that's the part that we have to get to because you can substitute food with anything in this conversation in a way. And I think we need to like honor ourselves enough to say, hey, I'm worth it. You know, I love myself enough to do this. And there's nothing wrong with being the way that I am, let me just learn in a different way. And so I wouldn't, I might come up with that in my mind, but I wouldn't know where to start. So that's where all of your expertise comes in. Yeah. Okay. So back to your question about what does life look like now? And I don't think I've ever shared these details because 
I feel like the life that I live feels radical compared to what it was before and what like I feel like a lot of other people have the ability to create for themselves but what I want to say before I share is that I share this not as a look at me look at the life that I have don't you want this too it's more from a place of my story and my experience first of all is mine it's unique there may be some common threads and my hope is that you use it as evidence for whatever you want to create right because these are just snapshots of a before and after we all have our before but we don't necessarily have the after just mm -hmm. yet so i don't <laughs> i don't want people to give up and feel like, oh my gosh, that feels so far away. Or even I don't want that because mm. my hope would be that not everyone wants the life that I have or the lifestyle that I have, because for a lot of people that wouldn't align with what's right for them. But the life that I live now really does feel in alignment with me and it's still evolving and still becoming because I'm still evolving and I'm still becoming. But I would say the main thing that is ever present in my day is my connection with myself. And this, these are just some examples of how it manifests itself throughout the day. So a typical day um, is... I let myself just wake up whenever I wake up. Um, I know my body and have that connection enough that um, I can trust I'm not going to sleep till like 12 o'clock or, you know, like I pretty much wake up um, around the same time each day. So I don't set an alarm because I really treasure that time where my soul feels like it's coming into my body because that really is where I receive a lot of intuitive guidance. And this is something that really revealed itself through um, healing my relationship with food was how intuitive I became when I cleared out a lot of the coping clutter. So I really treasure that time in the morning and sometimes it could be literally a moment and sometimes it might take me a little bit longer to like wake up and want to talk to people. <laughs> <laughs> I've also learned that I am actually not a morning person. Um, well, before I was kind of pushing myself to wake up at 530 my sweet spot, like where I tend to wake up is around eight o'clock or 7.30. Um, so back then, like I was pushing against myself, against my body. Um, so anyway, okay, so back to waking up. So in the morning, especially in the morning, I... I really like to connect with the kinesthetic, so my physical body, and this can be simple as um, making some tea and walking my dogs or 
Some mornings it might look like gentle yoga or stretching for like 10 minutes. I kind of leave it open-ended in that like, what do I need? And just pocketing in some time to like, again, come into my body. Mm-hmm. And through that process is where I reconnect with my physical hunger and can start to feel like, okay, I'm getting hungry. Um, And then I will sit down at my kitchen table with myself. (laughs) I tend to like to watch the Drew Barrymore show in the morning. So that's (laughs) usually going on in the background. She is her good news stories of the day. Um, And I like to have that accompany me in the morning. Um, So I'll make breakfast, I'll feed my dogs. Um, I really know my body now. So like breakfast only really takes like five or 10 minutes till I'm like satiated. And, and then I like really move on. Um, I'll do a little bit of energy management or emotional management, depending on like what my inner world is telling me and, and just what I need to process in order to be fully present for my day. And then and then I'm into work and then I, I take a lunch and for that lunch, I usually will like go for a walk or get outside, sit down, have lunch. Um, it's not a big thing, even though it feels like a big thing saying it out loud. It's just like I. But you're being intentional. You're being yeah. intentional with all the decisions that you're making and food is one of those many decisions. Yeah. But then like, it's like I eat and I move on. Like, mm. I feel like I should be saying more about it, but it's really gotten as simple as that as like- Not the obsessive thinking about food. Yeah, like I eat mm. when I'm hungry. I stop when I'm satiated. I have chocolate, I have ice cream, but mm. I don't overeat. Like I don't live a life of restriction. Mm-hmm. I feel really happy and nourished in my relationship with food. I feel like this is really boring to say this out loud, but like that's, that really is my life. And I don't second guess myself. I don't follow any rules outside of like what I know my body needs and wants and can digest. And, you know, I honor my body and just really try to pace myself even energetically through the day because another way that my overeating would show up is that I would get into like cycles of overworking where I could just work, 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 and never take a break, never let myself pee, never let myself Right. Eat. Yes. I, I just you. end up, you know, a shell of a human being at the end of the day. So mm-hmm. I had to learn how to literally pace myself in the same way that like our bodies have rhythms. I believe our energies have rhythms. So yeah, I'm sorry. It's not. um, No, it's great. You know, because so many of us think that we have to, in order to be worth something, we have to go, 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 go. And we don't have time to listen to ourselves. And the fact that you're listening to what your body is telling you, the fact that you're listening to the rhythms, the fact that you're doing all of these, what sounds like small changes, but big results Mm -hmm. is huge, right? Because like 
when I asked you that question, it's because I kind of wanted to see, you know, what the difference is. So people understand that. But I could also, I know you didn't say it, but maybe I'm wrong, but I can also hear my self-worth is better. My confidence is better. I feel better about who I am. All of those things behind all of right. the like tasks sort of that you mentioned, right? So yeah. like within yourself, I mean, it, things are only going to improve right. by listening to who you are. So I do want people to know that because sometimes like you, when we started this conversation, you were talking about how we can be, when we admit something is wrong with us, you know, mm -hmm. um, it's not that something is wrong with us, you know, so, so many of us are unhappy with certain behaviors that we have because we figure it covers up other things, but right. to go from feeling shame to going from just listening to yourself is huge. Right. And I want people to know that if you can do it, they can do it. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a, like a special person in the sense of like, you know, I just remember feeling, especially was when I was really struggling with my emotional eating, I just kind of felt like, am I like missing a gene or something? Like, why do other people have this figured out? And like, I don't. And like if I could boil it down to like answering that question, it was really, I went on this journey of like really, truly getting to know myself and not just like, I like the color pink and, mm. you know, I prefer the beach over cold weather, <laughs> like surface but, stuff. <laughs> yeah. But like really like one example is how I used to find myself just saying all the time, I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired. Mm -hmm. But what I was trying to communicate to myself was a deep belief in my capability mm -hmm. that like I was saying I'm tired, but what I meant was I can't or I'm not capable or I don't believe that I could fill in the blank. And that's such a great example of a mm. miscommunication. If we don't take the time, not only take the time, but like if we don't honor the challenges that are showing up in our lives right now, we miss out on the lessons and the transformation and the women and the individuals that we become from the willingness to say, you know what, this is a challenge for me and I'm going to figure it out and I'm going to figure it out. Even if it takes my whole freaking life, I'm going to be a student to this process. Mm. And that was really the choice that I made that changed everything. And that going back to that moment in my story is like, I don't know what's going on and I don't know a lot about this but I know I don't want this anymore. And I am willing to literally die trying to spend my life mm. figuring it out so that I can at least say, you know what? I gave it my best shot. And, and I really embarked on that journey, not knowing if I would ever reach this place that I am now. Right. You just, yeah have so, that doubt you just don't know yeah and whether 
whether someone is in a fight with food or maybe they're seeking to make more money or have a relationship, uh, you know, meet a partner or whatever it may be, there's always something we're trying to create. Mm. But I feel like when it comes to these intimate things that we desire for ourselves, like our health, like our relationship with food, like our relationship with our bodies, like our relationships with our purpose, these are the things that we will almost like automatically opt out of because it seems impossible mm. or not as important as yes. having the house, having the business, having the salary, having the car, having the things. But if we don't give to ourselves, we can't do any of those things if we're sick. We can't manage any of those things. But it's true. I I agree with you. So many of us, including me sometimes, you know, uh, doesn't make me an expert just because I have the message of giving starts with you. I don't always think of myself first. I try my best every day, but there are times where I don't and um, I suffer for that. And it is tough, but you have to take care of yourself. You have to, because otherwise things won't change. You yeah. Know, nothing will change. At least even if you're not a hundred percent sure that it's going to work, you know that it's not going to work if you don't try it. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Exactly. I know that on your site, I know that if people, um, people can sign up to get um, some resources. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. So we didn't get too much into it, which makes it even more the reason to head over, over there because there's so much more we have to explore and talk about. But the heart of my work really is about getting into the roots of emotional eating, because if we don't get there, then we're just kind of farting away the time. Um, so what I recommend is that if anything that I shared with anyone who was listening, if it really resonated with you, I invite you to go over to innerwork.me and take the free clarity quiz that'll help you identify which of the four roots of emotional eating is activated. And then from there, it'll give you a beginner's guide and next steps and exercises and tools so you can start working with the root um, and really getting beyond this eat this, not that conversation and really start to get to what's really going on here. And like, how is food just a symptom of a deeper problem? So that's innerwork.me if you want the quiz and the beginner's guide. And then if you are curious about my work and how I work with my clients, you can head on over to escapefromemotionaleating.com. Thank you, Jessica. I know we talked about a lot of stuff. And like you said, this conversation is huge. So, uh, I mean, we could talk forever and ever. And it's hard to get everything in, in, you know, in a podcast. But is there anything that we didn't talk about that you really wanted to get to get people to hear that we didn't get to today? I think... I think what I just really want to highlight, and we did spend a good amount of time talking about it, is that while on the surface, this is a journey of healing your relationship with, with food, 
at the core, what this is really about is healing your relationship with yourself. Because food, how you do food is how you do life. It's how you, it's how you do work. It's how you do parenting. It's how you do dog parenting. If you're a dog parent or, you know, like it's, it's just how we do everything because we are the common denominator. You are the common denominator in it all. So mm-hmm. I feel like this, this road and this journey is can seem one dimensional but it really will change your life because it changes you and mm. um you know i can really like speak to that and just how different i feel how different i look from back when i was emotionally eating and i have to say i would never ever ever go back just because it was so painful and unsustainable in the way I was operating in my life. Mm. So there is another way. You have to be willing to be a student to the process and most of all, be a student to yourself. Thank you so much. What a beautiful thing to for you to come out and say and just to end that way. Um, yeah, you know, there's hope for everybody to end all of the suffering that they have. They just have to take that first step. And I mean, you guys are listening. And if you're watching on YouTube, you can see how personable Jessica is. So reach out to her. Absolutely. And if you have questions and, you know, I mean, there's going to be her links in the show notes, sign up for her information and take the quiz. I mean, what do you really, you know, what do you have to lose, right? And no matter what you're struggling with, um, I want you guys to know that you don't ever have to go through it alone. One of the hardest things to do is go through whatever it is. I mean, you could substitute any of the topics that we're talking about. Um, We have to make the decision for ourselves to get started. But in the journey, we can never do it just ourselves. So reach out to people around you and get support. You know, there's no shame in being human. Honestly, we all have, if it's not one thing, it's something else. So let's just help each other and stop judging people and stereotyping and all of these things. Thank you, Jessica, for coming here today and, and sharing with us and making it a comfortable conversation. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe or leave a review. See you next week on the Giving Starts With You podcast.